Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Wrapping up the week, the corn and the beans and quite the interesting market. I guess volatile would definitely be the word that we're going to use. And what's going to happen as we look at the quarterly stocks numbers? Also, we'll look into the weather in South America. We know that has been a hot topic this week. And I am, yes, playing on words when I say hot topic because they've got some definite dryness that they've had to deal with. Jeff Peterson is joining us from Heartland Farm Partners. And as we look volatility jeff you're right that is kind of a good description of this week you know it has been very volatile and and really if you really look back on it susan it goes all the way back to i would say uh, two weeks ago on that friday you know when we volatility we've just been kind of trading down ever since that period and it, it is nice though to be able to sit here and talk to you today and actually for the week look for some higher numbers uh we did end up having a little bit softer close on the corn side a little bit better close on the bean side but for the week on december 20 corn you know we're at 14 and a half cents as we look out to december of 21 as we started thinking about our plans for you know next year's crop that actually was up about seven cents over on the bean side, it fared a little bit better. The November soybeans, which is what we'd be based off of for the October November prices here, was up 18 and a quarter. But believe it or not, the November 21 beans were actually up 21 and three quarters for the week. So that's kind of where we're sitting so far, Susan. Well, so when we look at that and the volatility, we saw so many uh, reports that came out just in the last, you know, week and a half or so that seems to have really weighed influence wise and what we've seen in these markets you know they really have and and you know as we go back to a couple weeks ago we saw some weakness happen in malaysian palm oil we saw some weakness that then spilled over into the chinese soybean oil and and that kind of put the market on a downtrend and and we'd uh, at that point we also have to think about we we had the the chinese buyers were in they've been buying long good and then you know now they're on holiday here so we've got a lot of those type of factors that have that have put some pressure on the market and and then on top of that the nice part and the nice surprise this week though is that when we had the surprise on the quarterly stocks report you know having the quarterly stocks come in smaller on the the corn side and also on the soybean side was a, a really nice benefit but something I want to kind of look at in the big picture here is that we got to remember the fund positions uh, on the corn side funds starting this morning were long about 117,000 contracts of corn over on the bean side they were long about 215,000 contracts of of soybeans and on Chicago wheat they were long about 26,000 contracts and then and when we look at the kind of the driver in the market overall I'd say it's definitely the soybean market you know that's the one that's been pulling things along and and I would say corn kind of moving along reluctantly there and that's a big bean position we'll see when we get the commitment of trader report that uh, comes out when we see those numbers uh you know, we'll have a chance to kind of see how the buying and selling on the future side with the managed funds went this week. But uh, that's a big position on the bean side. You know, the only time we've been really longer than that uh, would be going back to 2012 when we had the big drought. So do you think, as you look at what came out in these stock numbers, is it because there's more demand out there for the crop, as we know exports have been crazy, or is it because the crops aren't as big as we had all thought they were? Well, that's that's the interesting one, and actually there was a lot of debate thrown up on that. So, you know, when we, we came in lower on the stocks numbers on both the corn and bean side, naturally at this time of year, um, we'd normally kind of think, well, that had to be according to demand, and, and overall that's what I 
you know, that's what that's what USDA is saying. And NASA is saying, well, it's it's because of demand. But but honestly, I don't think that's the case, Susan. And especially in the corn side, um, there was there was an item there on corn. Uh, I don't think anybody's disputing too much the fact that we've got the smaller stocks. But one of the big questions that's out there is that they uh, NASA made an adjustment on the June quarterly stock number. So we're September. Going back on the June numbers, they adjusted that number lower by 205 million bushels, and everybody's looking around going, what in the world? How could we have had any information that would have came out here in September that would have impacted the June? So their whole item that uh, they, being what NAS and USDA is talking about, is that, well, it must be because we had more demand. Um, I'd say no, it's because the crop actually was was smaller. Because actually what... What NAS ended up saying is they said the crop was slightly bigger, but they were just looking at the adjustments that we ended up having having on the acre side. So that that's what it looks like to me, Susan. So is there a way to forecast possibly what we're going to see on prices? I know that's asking you to look into a crystal ball, but when you look at these quarterly stock numbers... Yeah, it, it definitely is. And, and that's the power of the quarterly stock numbers, because you, we know that once we get to the end of the year, uh, that's going to be what we have is the actual numbers. When, because they, what they've done to get those numbers, they've surveyed the farmer, they've surveyed the commercial grain traders. And so that gives us kind of where, hey, finally, here's where we're at ending stocks. The WASDE report, as we get that each month, that's that's attempting to forecast where we're going to end up at. So once we get the ending stock numbers, which comes out of the, the quarterly stock number, we can then take that over, and we know that that becomes the beginning stock number in the 2020 crop. And so once we get that uh, beginning stock number, we can then look at the estimated amount of harvested acres and the yield, and we can see what our production is, and we can bring that all together, and our, and our goal then is to be able to calculate an ending stock number. And so once we get that ending stock number, that's total supply minus total demand, we can then go ahead and divide that by what our total demand is, and we can come up with a stocks-to-use percentage. And the nice part about that, Susan, is that once we get a stocks-to-use percentage, then we can have an apple-to-apple comparison with where past years have been. And then what we're looking for is for this time of year, in past years, we've had this stocks-to-use percentage. It then gives us the ability to see what our possible price scenarios and price ranges. All right, well, stick around, folks. We come back, we're going to continue this conversation as Jeff Peterson joins us as we wrap up a trading week. We're going to look at what's happening weather-wise in South America. And then, of course, factors of corn and bean markets will be going forward. We'll talk more about that. And we do have a question on basis as well, not only coming from you, Jeff, but also from, from a listener wondering when it comes to selling, do we look at these basis and do we hold on or or move forward? Stick around. More's coming Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation with Jeff Peterson. He is with Heartland Farm Partners. So we were talking, obviously, a lot that's been happening with the quarterly stocks and how that's affecting the way we see prices. But, Jeff, we know another factor in there has to be with what's going on in South America as weather right now, not real friendly to them. But we know that, like everything else, will change. Yeah, it definitely will. And, and we've got to keep a close eye on that there's, because there's a couple items there. We, we know that we're officially in La Nina. And the La Nina, it doesn't, you know, we don't know any given year exactly on the impact that we'll have for weather in South America if we have La Nina in place because they're all a little bit different. But what we do know is that uh, – 
there in the window of time, starting on September 15th, that they could have been planting soybeans. And they, and they don't have a lot of soybeans planted. And the reason they don't yet is, in particular, in Brazil and Mato Grosso, northern parts of their growing areas, because it's been a little too dry. And so their wet season just hasn't uh, started yet. Now, it does look like they've got some additional rain coming up, maybe in the 9th or 10th. But we'll have to watch that. There's been other forecasts that have brought in some rain that haven't materialized. So we'll have to see how that comes along. Now, what is, what's the impact of that? Well, the impact for us is that if they get planned a little bit later, then that does mean that our export window could run a little bit longer. So maybe instead of our exports wrapping up, you know, on the soybean side, you know, in the latter part of December into the first days of January, maybe we get to go a little bit longer. Doesn't necessarily mean it changes our overall demand, but it could change the timing of when we have shipments. The other item that can be impacted by that, though, gets back to that safrina corn crop. The corn crop that will get planted after the soybeans that they haven't planted yet get harvested. And if that, uh, if the planting season gets too late, then what that does is that pushes that uh, safrina crop, that second corn crop, into a warmer time of the year and a drier time of the year uh, for them. And that could mean some reduced yield, which in the end, that could be some real increase in demand. But that's quite a ways down the road. We think overall, though, Susan, with the La Nina, we could see this, some planning issues on the beginning. But we think a bigger thing to maybe watch longer term might be what impact uh, really Argentina might have. Now, it's in regard to the drier conditions, and that could come later down the road. So we'll just have to keep an eye on that. But those are some things we're watching right now with South American weather. Is there any other factors in the corn and the beans going forward that we need to focus on? You know, there's there's a lot of different things. I, I think one of the biggest ones right now is going to be the yield. And as we're getting through beans, I mean, trying to wrap our mind around it. One common thing we hear that complicates the issue on this yield a little bit is that everybody will generally make the comment, well, the bean was, soybean yields were probably better than expected, but still maybe in Nebraska dryland situations, maybe 15 to 30% lower than they were last year. And I think we lowered our expectation. And I think what's happening is some in the industry are confusing that and saying, oh, beans must be better than what they're going to be. No, they're still down. It's just that that isn't fully getting communicated, I would say. So yield is a big one. Uh, we also want to keep a close eye on China and what they're purchasing and also watch what's going on there on their soybean oil demand over there. We know they're on holiday here until out uh, October 7th, October 8th. We won't see too much out of them, but we want to keep a close eye on that. And then also in addition to that, we want to keep a close eye in the fund position, monitor that and make sure we see where things are, are going. Are they willing to continue to step in and buy? Because if we're going to take this market higher, we do have to have the funds in and they do need to buy. And in order to get them to buy, though, at this time of the year, we are going to have to have some smaller yields coming in down the road. So the next WASDE report that comes on out on October 9th is going to be a big one, Susan. Well, we have a question coming from a producer just north of Lincoln that says, when it comes to basis, is one to sell off the combine or store and hold and wait? Yeah, and that's that's a great question. So let's just kind of step back on and we'll break it apart on uh, we'll break corn and soybeans. We'll start on soybeans first. Um, if uh, if somebody has the ability to store everything, you know, that's always the best um, in regard to whether on the bean side, 
whether we're going to see the best basis now, which honestly, basis levels for soybeans are really good right now, but I do think we're going to see them even better just shortly after we get this crop harvested. So I'd physically go ahead and put them in a band and wait on the basis to set it. I, I think we're going to see better basis levels on both the corn and soybean side after we get past harvest. And, and the reason I believe that is that we have a tremendous amount of soybeans out there that uh, need to be shipped in this October, November, December time frame. But in addition to that, Susan, the, the crush demand, you know, turning that in at our local processors into soybean oil and soybean meal, that demand is really strong too. So I think that's going to give us some good basis opportunities, especially if you happen to be in an area that has quite a bit of dry land, because we know in Nebraska, especially, dry land yields are off. So that's, that's what it looks like on the bean side. Over on the corn side, I think we'll also see some better basis levels post-harvest too because those bend doors are going to get closed and, and they're not going to be wanting to bring them out right after harvest. So I think there'll be a better basis there also. All right. Sounds good, Jeff. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Yeah, give me a call at 402-366-4694. Check us out on the web at heartlandfarmpartners.com or follow me on Twitter at jeffpeterson one. And thanks so much, Jeff Peterson's been joining us. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss are not suitable for all investors. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.